This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. You're listening to The Church Boys Free Fall Q&A. It's Billy Hollowell here with The Church Boys, and I have Chad Veach, pastor of Zoe. Zoe. Zoe Church <laughs> in Los Angeles. How are you doing right. today? Great, great. Thanks for having me on. We're laughing because I, I'm a name butcher, and I always say this on the show all the time. And I'm saying, is it Zoe? And you're like, Zoe LA, yeah, which yeah. I love. I get Zoe the most. Hey, that was kind of what I was thinking. How's Zoe going? How's Zoe Church but I, going? You know, we got to be creative these days. Get some accents going. I, no, I like it, though. It, I like it, it. rolls. Once ring. you hear it, Zoe LA, it just, it rings. Zoe LA. It's almost, yeah. Yeah. That's great. So um, let's just dive in and talk about your book. Yeah. Because I think I think it's a fascinating book, a really important topic. Reasonable, Unreasonable Hope. Right. Why did you write it? Well, um, it's really, it's our message, but it has our story in it. And our story is, um, you know, I have a four-year-old daughter that has a brain abnormality, and uh, we didn't find out until she was four months old. So we thought this, this, you know, this is our newborn, our firstborn, everything's great. And then at four months when we got the diagnosis, we really had to, it was for the first time for me that I had to like apply my faith. And all the stuff I'd learned or studied that I was having to put into play. And um, we just decided from the beginning we're gonna we're gonna keep our hopes up. I think you know we we live in a world that says don't get your hopes up, you know or what the doctor says that's final. And we just we just made the decision we're gonna put our hope in God. And I think hope is that way. Hope's a bit unreasonable. It's a bit audacious. It has confidence when it doesn't deserve confidence. And uh, I remember Obama before he was president, he wrote this book, The Audacity of Hope. I remember I was in Eugene, Oregon. I picked up a copy of this thing and I thought. That's what hope is. And that got in me even back then, going, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have hope even if it seems unreasonable. So our daughter, nothing's changed for her. She's still sick, but we still have hope. And she's four, and take me through what that's like. As a, as I, have, I have two kids, I have yeah. two young kids, and you know, I think about that and how difficult that must be. Yeah. What are some of the challenges and what she goes through, what you guys go through? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I mean, just this last week, she struggled massively with seizures. So seizures come and go. Uh, you know, she gets all of her meals through a feeding tube, and even with the feeding tube, uh, she still throws up a lot. So there'll be a lot of times that, you know, she'll just throw up in the night all over herself, all over the bed. And you got to change her and, you know, give her a bath and change the sheets, and she could do it again a few hours later. So there's a lot of complications where, you know, she's not able to crawl or walk or communicate or you know it, it it's a um, it's one of those situations where it's like some people have tragedy in the event of a car accident or the event of you know something something bad happening ours is one that progressively can get worse and so that's been a real challenge to faith of you know what do you do when your situation doesn't get better and so um, yeah with 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 her um, she has health complications and we just do everything we can to give her the best life possible yeah, no, I, and and I would imagine as a pastor, you spend all this time helping other people, talking yeah. to other people, and like you said, so many events they happen, and yep. it's and it's horrendous and it's awful, and um, but there are there are things like this that are longer, they're prolonged, right, right. and figuring out how to deal with that pain and have and have that hope, I think, yeah. is a challenge for so many people. Huge. What have you? What has been one of the biggest lessons that you've learned during this, and that you can? I'm, I'm sure there'll be many more lessons, right? But right. That you've learned. I think the first one initially was I didn't realize how much pain other people were in 
until I had to pay myself. So, you know, grew up as a pastor's kid, great home, great upbringing, just, just had a great life. Went to Bible college, had fun. Like, I had never experienced tragedy. I had never experienced pain. And so I had been to the hospital before, maybe to visit, you know, some people, but my eyes were just completely open to a broken world. My eyes were just completely open to the fact that people are in pain and they're going through things and it could be totally different than mine, but it's no better or worse than mine, that it's, it's relative to their situation. So I think that was the first thing I learned is just, wow, we, we're all broken. We're all facing things. And I know one of the things in reading about your story, and, and I've read quite a bit about it, is you know, the, the challenge on a marriage, the challenge on a family. And, and when anything happens like this, yeah. that is one of those elements that sometimes people don't think of. Yeah. And so it's something, though, that knowing a statistic, right, 70%, yeah. or knowing right. that this could have a profoundly yep. negative impact beyond what we're dealing with here yep. on relationships. You know, what's a lesson that you'd have for people on that front and yep. just trying to keep everything else together? Yeah, yeah. Well, the first thing the doctor told us was, he said, here's the diagnosis, this is what your daughter has, and just a heads up, he's a Christian man, so here's just a heads up, 80% of marriages that face this with their children end in divorce. So we're like, great, we got, we have this diagnosis right. and the potential of divorce. And I, I think we've been pressed, stressed. It affects you financially, emotionally. It, my wife and I are very different. Like, I'm captain, like, go lucky. Like, that's just kind of how I'm wired. Like, we can do it. Like, right. everything's right, great. Right, right. Like, she's throwing up and having seizures. And I'm like, we're fine. Right. My wife's a realist. She feels things. She's she's uh, more honest. Um, so it's it's really been a challenge for me to have this person, you, my spouse, the person you care about so much, feeling these things and inviting me into these conversations of, yeah the contrast of how we process life. And so I think, yeah, you know, um, it just takes hard work for any marriage. You throw sickness into the equation. Right, right. You throw, you throw um, a problem that continues to, you know, have its challenges in the equation. And we've had to really work hard to not grow bitter and to not be on different pages and to fight for our marriage. And so we, we you know, yesterday we're excited because we're planning a trip away April 7th through 9th. And um, it, you got to have that stuff, you know, where it's like we're getting the sitters lined up, we're getting the yeah. location lined up because she to. needs a break. You know, I get a break a, a lot more than her. And um, so I think, you know, yeah, every marriage is tough. Two humans are together trying to right. coexist. Right, exactly. In, 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 any marriage without yeah, any Yeah, children on top of that. It's always tough. Oh, yeah. So I yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I, I like to think of it as like, hey, these are our cards. We're going to play them to the best of our ability. Yeah, yeah. And I mean... I know her job, you know, leaving her job and all that. Yeah. Those are things that um, are, are difficult and they're tough. Absolutely. But you guys actually having the different ways of approaching it is challenging, but it's also beneficial, right? Absolutely. Because you, you get to see into a lens and, okay, that's the other way of sort of looking at yep. this, right? And I think what, what's, what I've learned in this is not having to force her into my view and her not forcing me into her view, just appreciating the lens. Yeah. And that's just... That's her DNA. That's her temperament. That's her upbringing, and and uh, I've I've learned to appreciate that. It helps me see a fuller picture of what we're facing. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, tell me about. Okay. So this was public in that. I mean, it was covered at Perez Hilton. I mean, a lot of people covering. Yeah. This and and which is really nice to see that people are paying attention to this. Right. And but also it puts you in a spot of people are really looking at me now, yeah, right? And absolutely. as a pastor, they always are. But when it yeah. when it goes public like that, they're really yeah. looking. Um, 
what was your reaction to the support that you guys received yeah. from celebrities, from media, yeah. people telling your story? Well, I think the interesting thing for me was when Julia was pregnant with Georgia, I don't know why, every night, you know, you pray over your kid, you know, and I'd, I'd, I'd lay hands on her stomach. And I don't know why, but I'd always pray that God would give her a global grace. I kept saying these two words, global grace. And I, I envisioned like, she's going to be 18 and she's going to, you know, be the valedictorian or she's going to be 21 and missionary in Calcutta or something like that. I never thought that when she was so young, God would use her around the world. And I knew something was on her life from the moment that we kind of announced this thing and said, hey, this is what we're dealing with. The support just came in around the world. Before the tattoo was ever an idea, you could sense people are for this girl. People are attracted to this girl. There's something, it's not me and it's not her Her mom, it's her. And maybe it's an answer to prayer, I don't know, but I just think it goes back to God. God takes what the enemy intended for harm, I think the Lord can use for good. So I think that's kind of the, the subtitle, finding faith in the God who can bring purpose to your pain. And we we found that we found this attraction to Georgia and it being used with massive purpose. Now, now talk to me about the tattoo because I think what I do think is interesting about this is when kids get sick or something happens. I mean, there yeah. are a lot of stories yep. like this, and there's something about as you just said, there's something about this story that yeah. has led people like Justin Bieber, tons of people out yeah. there to show, not only show support, because it's easy to send a tweet or a Facebook message, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then this whole tattoo phenomenon. So take me through how that started. Yeah, yeah. So I was preaching at Hillsong, New York, and uh, one of the main guys there, you know, I, it, I just, from the moment we got the diagnosis, I just started preaching out of my pain. Like just, you know, I, I, there was no other way for me to process what was happening than right. just to really like study. What does the Bible say about this stuff and faith and and redemption and all these things. So I was preaching out of our, our, our story and it was really powerful. And my buddy came to me after the service and said, tomorrow we're gonna go to Brooklyn and we're gonna go to this this spot that I love for pancakes and afterwards we're gonna get these these tattoos. It was all his idea. And he goes, I'm gonna get a tattoo of a G for your daughter. And I was like, if you're getting the tattoo, I'm getting the tattoo. Like, you're not gonna get a tattoo for my daughter and I don't get one. Right. So we went and posted the photo and I don't think either of us realized what was beginning and it wasn't the motive we weren't these marketing guys going I'll bet we can get people right. you're to you're not even thinking that way no at that point, it's right? just like yeah so I think people just it just started the snowball effect it just started to pick up where like I was in Miami this last week and this 55 year old maybe 60 year old man walked up to me after this church service in Miami rolls up his sleeve and goes I'm with you brother it's got a G tat. This guy. How many people do you think have gotten the tattoo? I mean, is there any? It, it's over a hundred now. I'm confident in that. You know, because wow. just a few months ago, it's at over eighty, and now it's just it's continued to pick up. You know, just people people that you know tag us and you just again this different guy after one of the services in Miami. He's a good friend of mine. He's from Alabama. He happened to be in Miami. He says, "I got a surprise." He texts me, "I got a surprise for you." Comes to the service in Miami after the service, rolls up his pant leg gets a G in his ankle and it's just it's an unbelievable it's a it's it's flattering it's overwhelming it's like please guys you don't have to do this but I again I think it goes back to Georgia and people saying we're standing with you but also we're believing for themselves we're believing for I think the G kind of represents 
pain and hope, not just for this girl, but for what they're going through. Right. And, and also, though, looking at the parents, right? I mean, there's yeah. a testament to you guys here. Looking at you, just wrote a book about hope. Yeah. Um, and it, look, you have a four year old, right? Yeah. So this diagnosis is not even five years yeah. old, no. right? And so to be able to write about that, I think, yeah. sends a message to people wow, if he can do that yeah. in the midst of new pain, I mean, it's still yeah. relatively new pain for you Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Then we can try to work through whatever we're facing. Right? Absolutely. So I think there's a message there. Absolutely. Um, so you've got Justin Bieber. Who else? I mean, who else has. Um, yeah, we've seen all kinds of people. I mean, Tyson Chandler in the NBA. Um, Ashley Benson, I don't know if you know yeah, him, Pretty yeah, Little Liars, yeah. Ryan Good, who, you know, Ryan was probably a catalyst in a lot of these people getting the G-tat. Um, yeah, just a number of people. Haley Baldwin, she, she's got a G back here. And, uh, yeah, just from celebrities to, to – I hate using the word celebrities because to right. them, to us, they're just our friends. Right. You right, know, they're right, just right. Exactly. really good friends that are going like, we love you, We're, you're my good friend, I'm going to do this for you. Right, exactly. You know, exactly. But, yeah. And I mean, it's just—it's amazing to me the attention that it that it received, and I think there's something to that. Yeah. And and the prayer that you said over her and all that—that that, that's really, that's really fascinating. And what what I didn't anticipate is we became inadvertently this spokespeople for this rare brain condition. So I was in Hawaii this last week, and this couple comes up, and their daughter has what my daughter has, one year younger, and so we get to embrace, and I'm crying my eyes out, and this couple's crying, and. I'm looking at this little girl who looks like Georgia, and she's in a chair like Georgia, and it, it, you know, through social media and everything, and all these people that have gotten the the GTAT, it's helped us hopefully bring hope to to them, saying we're in this together. Right. Yeah. There's a community of people who are Absolutely. facing this. Yeah, sometimes you wonder. There's so many negatives about social media and all, that, but then you wonder all the positives, right? right. Connecting people Absolutely. in ways that they never could have been. Yeah. You know, what did people do years ago when they faced this sort of, and they didn't have that way of connecting. Absolutely. Um, what are you hoping people take away from the book? It's a great question. I think um, hope is a person. Hope has a name and his name is Jesus. So it's not a book about putting hope in hope or putting our faith into faith. Because the object of faith or the object of hope is this person named Jesus. So the whole motive of the book is to point people to Jesus, saying there's no way I can go through this thing without Jesus. Right. He's, he's my peace. I always say he doesn't have an answer. He is the answer. I just hope that people read the book and they're drawn to talk to Jesus and follow Jesus and look to him. I think he, he can help us through anything. He can walk us through any, any, any valley of the shadow of death. So Psalm 23 says, you know, I think that that's just the answer that I've found to be true for my life. I hope it's true for everybody else. And what, and not to be redundant, but what would be the message? Let's say somebody's listening right now. They're yeah. facing something similar to what you're facing, or maybe they're going through cancer battle or something. What yeah. would be your message to them? And they're really struggling. Yeah. I would just say, uh, turn to God. Put your hope in God. Trust in Him. I always grew up with faith and you know to have faith is to have confidence or trust or belief in God so I even in this thing when we experienced it I felt like I have faith in God but I didn't have hope hope is confident expectation that I know God is going to do this thing just all throughout the Bible you look at like guys like Abraham had hope against hope so here's this doctor saying your daughter has this and she'll never walk, never talk, never crawl, never roll over, never live to this many years. So how do you have hope against hope? I hope 
you know, whatever people are facing, whether it's cancer or divorce or bankruptcy, whatever it is, that you can have hope against hope that with our God, all things are possible. And we don't just believe in that. We, we have confident expectation in that. And, and there's also a message there about the value of life. And, I mean, this yes. amazing little girl has done more for so many people right. than any other than so many other people could possibly ever do. Absolutely. Right? Um, and that's something that stuck out to me just in reading about the mm. story. That, and my mind always sort of goes there and, and the value of people that so many people look past that value and, then, and not yeah. realizing. And then you, you hear the story and you're like, wow, it's yeah. amazing what has happened out of a tragedy. What has happened, though? That is, you know, is good out of that tragedy. I don't think there's anything more powerful than our story. When you tell your story, when I tell my story, there's power there because our stories all represent the, the faithfulness of God. So I just think we're just what we're trying to do is we're going to tell our story. It's still being written, but we're we're telling, we're telling it in the it. middle yeah, of it. I think it's great. Yeah. All right. Well, any any final uh, words? Anything well, you want to say maybe we haven't had a chance to. Uh, I would I would just say to to every person listening, God is for us, and. We live in a fallen universe. I don't believe sickness is from God. I don't think God I don't think God made my daughter sick and said, Let's see how you guys handle this. The reality is we live in a fallen universe and sickness and tragedy are inevitable. So hopefully when when this happens to any of us, we just we know we can turn to God and He'll help us through. He'll give us the peace that surpasses all understanding. He'll comfort us in our darkest moments. And he'll give us joy that will literally be our strength when we don't have it. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate yeah, it. Nice to meet you. Church Boy.